it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. A lot of our services well and truly extended, and that includes also surf lifesaving. Um, volunteers, number of clubs around the Auckland region, what they call the northern region. And I'd imagine that a lot of them have just given up their time, weren't prepared maybe for these floods and have done, you know, done God's work. So I do want to chat that now, but also want to talk about the sports side of it and general water safety. So from Northern Lifeguard Services, Zach Franich joins us. Zach, good evening. Welcome. Evening, Mark. Hope you're well. Yeah, good. Hey, look, just in regards to the surf clubs and their contribution to the floods, getting out, helping people, is there anything formalised in situations like this or does this just come down to the club and the community themselves? No, there is a, <clears throat> there is a formal response team. Um, currently, uh, our lifeguards and our call-out squads are part of the emergency management team, um, which is linked to civil defence. So, in essence, if a, if a call is made to 111, um, that'll go to the emergency response team and uh, respective call-out squads will be tasked to, to help and do their bit in the rescue. Uh, over the last few days, we've had uh, call-out squads from Marangi Bay, Motuai and Bethel's Beach Surf Life Saving Clubs uh, all, all doing their bit. Uh, and what that looks like is, is going to um, going house to house um, with their IRVs um, fearing people to safety or getting experts in and out of where they need to be. So, um, yeah, they're, they're the best equipped to, to handle the flood, uh, to, to handle flood responses, um, better equipped than other emergency services. So, uh, no, very, very, very much formalised response from surf life saving in these situations. Yeah, uh, Mirawai Lifeguard Surf and Rescue Squad lead Glenn Calthorpe, he just looks actually two houses down from me and I was just talking to him and it was well documented in the New Zealand Herald that they were involved in a rescue in Cumia involving a three-year-old boy who was still fast asleep on a couch that was actually floating. Um, yeah, just remarkable. So how highly trained are they and have you had, how many situations in the past have been similar to what we've had here in Auckland in the last five days? Uh, well, if you actually cast your mind not too uh, in the not too distant past, there was an incident uh, last year where you will remember there was flooding uh, out in West Auckland in the Kumiu River here, Helensville area, and, and again the Murawai and Mining Bay um, Surf Life Saving Callout squads were again tasked to uh, tasked to helping people who couldn't get out of their properties due to, due to floodwaters. Um, I can't oh, outside of these two instances, I can't quite remember. Uh, any other flooding events in recent history history that have been to the magnitude we've seen over the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, quite frightening. Yeah, and it's fair to say these people are volunteers, aren't they? These people are not being remunerated for what they do. They're highly trained. They do it because they love of it. They do it because they want to put something back into the community. Yeah, that's correct. And they are our best and our most highly trained volunteers. Uh, a lot of them have a number of years uh, up to you know decades of experience um, not only operating but also in first aid and just yeah and, and just hazardous search and rescue safety um, procedures and precautions. So again, they are highly skilled, highly trained, um, and highly motivated people. Uh, they're yeah, they're a special type of person who uh, are more than happy to um, you know heed the call should their community need the help. Mm. Now, 
Um, Zach, it's also been well documented that there have been a number of drownings around the country, whether it be in rivers, um, whether it be at beaches over the summer. What is still, I guess, the biggest frustration for the northern region, for the different regional surf life-saving organisations that, if, if, that, that I guess are frustrating, that the, perhaps the message is not getting through? Well, I think one thing which we're doing really well is none of those drownings have occurred on patrol beaches during the flag. So our main, you know, our main priority is to make sure those beaches are, are safe and that's where our resources are. Unfortunately, um, all of the drownings that have happened so far this summer have happened outside of patrolled areas, um, areas that, um, you know, are sparsely populated. And, and ultimately, it just comes down to individuals underestimating, um, or sorry, overestimating their ability and underestimating the power of the sea and the waterways. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, the sea, the sea holds its own score and it doesn't discriminate. So it doesn't matter, um, you know, how old, how, how young you are. Um, if you're not, if you're not, uh, skilled or trained or have knowledge of the waterways, you can find yourself in trouble quite quickly. Mm. One thing you often hear, particularly living out on the beach like Mirawai where I live, I mean, we're all pretty familiar with what a rip looks like, but a lot of people aren't. They hear the term and they go, but what's a rip? How do we identify it? Is there, is there an image? What's the best way of showing people what a rip looks like at a beach? Well, essentially, uh, rips are really, uh, they're really unassuming. Quite often people go there to swim because uh, if you go to a really rough beach, um, they can present as really calm patches and surf. Um, that's what you want to avoid. So essentially, if you're at a, if you're at a beach and you see waves breaking, um, that's water pushing in. If you do see those calm patches, that's where water is rushing out back to sea again. Um, water always needs to find its way back out again. And um, again, again, people will look for a calm patch, think that's a safe spot for them to swim. Um, but unfortunately, that's that's the worst place for them to um, for them to get into the water. Mm, okay, let's talk about Kaboya. I tell you what, surf life saving it's so multifaceted, isn't it? I mean, it's about patrolling beaches, it's about helping people. We just talked about the floods, but there's also the sports side of it, which is a big driver for a lot of young people to get involved in the service. And you have to be a lifeguard before you can compete. Um, and now this weekend in Oriwa, fingers crossed, it is going to go ahead. We've got the northern regions for the youngsters. We do, we do. We have we have close to 500 of our junior members descending upon Oriwa Beach. Uh, in competitions from under 10s, under 12s, and under 14, uh, and under 40 members, um, and this is, a, I mean, this is arguably our most important event on the calendar within Auckland. Um, this is an experience. This is an opportunity for us to uh, provide uh, an engagement point for, you know, for our future lifeguards, and and we know that uh, through these events, um, the more the more members we get to these events, the more lifeguards we get out the, the other end of it. Um, so again, hugely important weekend. The weather is actually looking good. Um, currently, the water quality is a little little sketchy, um, but come Thursday, Friday, that should all clear up, and we should be set for a cracker for a cracker weekend at Otago Beach across Saturday and Sunday. You must be delighted. Five hundred youngsters—that that, that's a lot of kids, considering how many sports are available to kids over the summertime. You, you must be pretty happy with those types of numbers. And I see that. I think it was. I think it was Gisborne and what. The eastern region, they had around seven or eight hundred to their championships. That's correct. Yes, yeah, so last weekend there was the eastern regional championships, which were held at Mount Monganui, uh, which ultimately got moved to Pilot Bay due to adverse conditions. But you know that, that event saw seven hundred uh, lifeguards. So this was a senior competition, so there were seven hundred lifeguards uh, descended upon Tauranga last weekend, and 
and again some some excellent competition. And you know we spoke before about search and rescue search and rescue and call out squads. A lot of those members um, who populate those squads actually are people who, who participate in surf sports as well. So um, it, it really is the only only sport where you have um, again the competitive element, but also that volunteerism um, which is inherently built into it. So um, so yeah, again a really important part of our movement. Keep the guards fit and fast. Keep the reactions quick. And um, and it, as as we all know, the fitter and more healthier you are, the better decisions you make under pressure. Yeah, and look, people listening to this too, I don't want to turn anybody off because you don't have to be an elite athlete either, though, to be a lifeguard, do you? I mean, the service caters for people who might not necessarily be great athletes, but might have a really good. Uh, you know, intellectually might be quite onto it. So there are various levels and various roles within surf lifesaving and becoming a lifeguard. So it really is available to anyone that does want to put their hand up. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, just like any organisation, we do have we do have room for anyone and everyone. And uh, surf lifesaving is no different. Um, there are multiple pathways within the sport, within, um, again, within the sports space, but also, also within the lifeguarding and patrolling space, um, plenty of leadership courses. I mean, uh, yeah, there doesn't seem to be, I mean, all organisations are struggling to, to keep members between the 20 to 30 year old age group. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, there's a place for everyone. Um, and I would indeed we're doing, we're doing our bit and arguably doing it better than some other, some other codes and some other services. Um, but that's just part of what's our, part of what makes our organisation so great. Now, the Northern Regional Championships for our trained lifeguards happen on the 18th and 19th in Wangamata. The big question is, is Zach Franich lining up? Is the big fella going to be on the start line? Is he going to be on his ski? Is he fit? <laughs> I think the bigger question is, can we get there? Uh, I've just seen that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can get there. It's going to take about 500 kilometres to get there, but you can get there. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah you, you might see me don the cap and join and join uh, join in a few relays and do my bit for for the mighty Audrey Whistler Fly Saving Club. Um, but I mean, look, we're really excited to be delivering that event. We're expecting um, north of six hundred competitors from across the country, um, and should line up to be a cracking event. Um, it's yeah, Fong is a, a great location and. We were there earlier in the year with the Fong Matar Classic, um, which saw 30, over 30 clubs competing, um, both from New Zealand and Australia. Um, great to have some Australian competitors lining up now that the borders are open, and we're anticipating, uh, yeah, we're anticipating a similar spectacle uh, come the end of come the end of this month. Zach Franich, as always, um, thank you for your time on the program. And oh, just before we let you go, just the website if people want to get more information or just want somewhere to take out some of the guesswork www.lifesaving.org.nz That's simple, lifesaving.org.nz As always, Zach, uh, train well. Good luck in Wangamatari. In fact, we might see you at the Northern Regionals this weekend. Sounds good. Cheers, Mark. See you then. Thank you, Zach Franich there, joining us talking a little bit of surf lifesaving. I, I just want to emphasise that too. If you, I know there's a lot of charities out there and I know there's a lot of people in need and you might look at surf lifesaving and go, well, look, you know, um, you weigh them up against child cancer and other organisations, I guess. Um, but I do, do, if you are going to donate money to charity, please sort of consider Surf Lifesaving as one of them. Do not underestimate the work they do on the beaches. Um, you know, a lot of people have that mentality, it's not going to happen to me. But having lived out here on the West Coast, and I back myself as being a reasonable swimmer, um, I know some guys who are very, very good swimmers and 
I tell you what, doesn't matter how good you are, you can get yourself into trouble out there. And it's nice just having that reassurance that there is somebody watching your back if you're smart.